Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Well, I'm glad tonight is not the night for the eloquence of words. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. Well, you know, as we're just worshiping and just in the presence of the Lord, and I'm just hearing like, you know, my, my message is being preached through the singing, you know, and then the words that are given and everything that is going on. If we went home right now, we received a lot already, but I just want to very briefly, my 25-point message, Pastor Kirsten, um, share with you for the next three and a half hours. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Me and Pastor Kirsten are best friends. <laughs> um, <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know, just praise Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, we shall be even more undignified. It was during services like this, during times like this, that we came into this church, and I was so disgruntled and so broken and so, um, you know, to the edge of the cliff. And this is how I got pulled back in and sat on fire. <laughs> and I will, <laughs> I will boast in my weaknesses, as the Apostle Paul says, because what, what is going on, what is happening, I used to look in the parking lot because, you know, we oversee the parking lot where we, I used to look and I'm like, one, two, one, two, one, two cars. Like, oh, come on. That's me and the Philharmonies. <laughs> come on, Jesus. <laughs> and, um, you know, and they actually made more lines in the parking lot because we would just park in the back. And um, now it's full, it's filled, you know, and it's such a, it is such a blessing to see. Um, you know, I don't know, I don't know about you, but I always look in parking lots. I all know, you know, I mean, I'm not in a weird way, but, you know, I just know who's there, who's not. I'm like, okay, so-and-so is here, so-and-so is there. It just, I don't know, maybe it's a guy thing, I hope. But, um, you know, it's a uh, praise the Lord. So, I, well, let's go to the message. <laughs> the second Timothy 1, 1 through 12, stand up in the inside. It says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will for the sake of the promise of life in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from the God, the Father, and Christ Jesus, our Lord. I thank God, oh, oh my sir. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> this is what they tell you not to do in preaching school. Hallelujah. That and don't, you know, exacerbate your breathing. The Lord, uh, the Lord. Uh. <laughs> that was my favorite part of the whole book. Verse 3, I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience as my ancestors did. When I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day, remember your tears. I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I recall your sincere faith that first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, now, and I am convinced, is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to rekindle... Rekindle, come on, this is the part, this is the part. <laughs> uh, Pastor Kirsten told me to behave this way. Therefore, I remind you to rekindle the gift. Come on, say it with me. Rekindle the gift of God that is in you through your laying on of my hands. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know when you hear like the Michael Gannon testimony and you're like, I hope that never happens to me. <laughs> for, <laughs> for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but on the power, love, and sound judgment. Don't be ashamed of the testimony about the Lord or of me, his prisoner. Instead, share in suffering for the gospel, <laughs> relying on the power of God. He has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, that's great, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. This has now been made evident through the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. For this gospel I was appointed herald, apostle and a teacher, and that is why I suffer these things, but I am not ashamed, because I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to guard what has been entrusted to me until that day. Basically, the message that I wanted to share with you tonight is that it's time, you know, I love, we're coming out of the woods. It is time for us to step up. It is time for you to step up in the fullness of the calling of God in your life. Amen. We have been called not according to our prior deeds. So it's like there's no qualifier to be used by the Lord. When you come to him, you cast your cares upon him, you call on the name of Jesus, Boom, you're qualified. Hallelujah. Because it is not by might, it is not by power, but it is by, by the Spirit of Lord at work in us. <laughs> Hallelujah. And every single one of us have a calling. There's no such thing as believers who don't have a calling, who don't have a purpose in the kingdom of God. But every single one of us, we have called. We are called according to his purpose. So whatever disqualifier you have in your back pocket, this is why I cannot, this is why I cannot, that is why I cannot, you need to rip it up and throw it away. Every single minute, if you're a breathing human being, which I believe all of you are here, you have a call of God in your life. You have a purpose in your life. Praise the Lord. He has called us to do great things. You know, we hear about Eagle River now, and I see the people there. I'm like, oh, wow, great, new people. I'm like, wow. praise the Lord. It is amazing. And it's just like, I'm just like dumbfounded. I'm like, how, why? Wow, that's awesome. How did these people get here? How, how'd you hear about us? Oh, so-and-so told me about it. I came because of this. I came because of that. And it all started with us just taking a step of faith. I want to talk a little bit about, um, we're called according to God's purpose. And there are so many that you're hindered in your walk with God. You're hindered in your purpose because you're waiting. Because it's like, you know, you're waiting for that opportunity. You're waiting for that thing. But I'm going to tell you, you need to just step out. You need to get rid of the excuses. Get rid of the reasoning. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Most of the time. People are waiting. The majority of them are missing the forest of the trees. If you're waiting to do something for the Lord at the right time, at the perfect time, that'll never come. As you've heard, you know, as the trials of different people, if we're always going to go through trial. There's never going to be a good time. It's never go there's never going to be a good time. Ever. If you're a believer waiting for the train of opportunity, you're missing it. You're too busy with the things of this life to commit to the vision of even this house. God has brought into, you into. You need to repent and step into it. The Apostle Paul told Timothy, I'm like totally way off my notes, just going back and forth, just so you know. He says, therefore, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is in you through the laying of my hands. We have received gifts, we have received power, we have received authority. 
and things that we receive from those who've laid hands on us, those that have prayed for us. This service like this, it is such an amazing time. It is a time where we are receiving impartation as the word goes forth, as the, as the goodness of God goes forth as we are healed. We don't even know fully all that is taking place, but God is healing. God is building you up. When we pray in the Holy Ghost, when we sing in the Holy Ghost, when we spend time in the presence of God, you're being built up. Now you're not just being built up for the sake of being built up. You're being built up for the sake of spreading the kingdom of God. The, ring, the kingdom of God is here. It is within us. And we have to step out. It is time to step out. Get rid of every excuse that you may have. Any reason that you may have. It is not the right time. It is the coveless. I'm actually my oldest brother, his name is Clovis, just so you know. <laughs> it's hilarious. No, it's funny. I'm not offended at all, and neither is he. But I'm just saying, it was, it was funny. My oldest brother's name is Clovis. Praise the God. I didn't tell him we call it Clovis here, but anyway. So old believers who have a calling from God and been waiting for decades, God is going to use me someday. You need to repent and you need to step out. The Lord has put you in this house for a reason. If you look, when the, the Apostle Paul is talking to Timothy, he's saying, listen, don't you be ashamed of the gospel. Don't you be ashamed of what you receive from the Lord, but don't you dare be ashamed from me as well. What? I'm in prison, but don't be ashamed of me. What I have taught you, you teach others. What does that mean? What is that relationship? It is a yoking together of people. God will knit us together as a family, as a church to walk together. So that means that some of us, some of you that have been staying in the fringe, you need to be knitted together. You need to come and be together with the pastors, with the leaders that we have here and knit together with them. So that you can move fully in the purpose that God has for you. There's a card behind every chair that tells you, you know, how can, you know, I would like to serve or whatever it says. It says, how can I join a team? Join a team. There's no excuse for you not to be the team if you're a believer. There is no excuse for you to not be in a team if you're a believer. It's time to step out. You have to be committed. You have to be knitted together with others. I can't do what is going on in Eagle River by myself. I could have never do it by myself, just myself and my wife. My wife is amazing. By the way, I, like, thank you so much, Pastor, for giving us the opportunity to preach here. It is such an honor. We love you. We love you greatly. It is a great honor. I don't take it lightly. Back to the message. You know, my wife is, you know, really my co-pastor there, and she is such a blessing, fully committed, fully committed to me, fully committed to the house, fully committed to my children, fully committed to our people. God will knit us together, but if you ain't around, there ain't no knitting going on, Jack. You got to get around. You got to spend time together. God brought us together and people came alongside of us. And the most amazing thing comes, happens when problems would arise. And as we're doing life together, you become the answer to issues. You become the answer to people's lives, to brokenness and healing. There are families in, our, in Eagle River today that they don't really know a whole lot about Wasilla. I mean, we talk about Wasilla all the time and it's just like blank, blank, blank. You know, they, they don't get the concept of one church in many locations. It's beautiful, right? We talk about Maui, and that is like, Maui? But they love Eagle River. They, why do they love Eagle River? Because they've been set free. Because their babies were dying in the hospital, and we prayed, and they got healed. Because their families were broken and addicted and disgusted and had nothing, and God came through. The preaching of the word, the declaring of truth, the laying on of hands have caused the sick to be healed. Hallelujah. Blessing to come forward. That is, the, I'm not boasting in, in how great Eagle River is because of us, but God in his great mercy took what once was broken, what once was rejected, what once was whatever, full of excuses, full of rejection, full of brokenness, and I speak of myself, 
And when we submit it to the process, submit it to the Lord, and submit it to my pastor, God begins to do great things. And then you hear people say, oh, man, that was an amazing message. Like, really? Like, who are you talking to? Praise the Lord. Because you, just, you become a conduit of God's goodness, a conduit of God's grace, and there's no other better church in the world for you to become that, and this is the house for you to grow in. Let's get with it. Second Chronicles 16, 19. King Asa had trouble before. The Lord came through for him supernaturally. And then once he got, you know, he came through, he's like, oh, man, um, I'm good now. Hallelujah. I got money. Got money. My problems are solved. And what did he do? He tried to do a treaty with another king in order to get, you know, what he wanted done. And this is what the Lord told him in 2 Chronicles 16, 19. The prophet comes to him and says, For the eyes of the Lord roam throughout the earth to show himself strong for those who are semi-committed. That is not what the Bible says. He says, for he show himself strong for those who are wholeheartedly devoted to him. You have been foolish in this matter. And he tells him, because of what you did, and instead of trusting in me and believing in me that I would come through for you and try to do your own thing, you're going to suffer. You're going to be judged. In another word, in, another, um, in the NIV, it says, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. It is time for us to grow. It is time to come out of the woods. It is time to enter into a place, no matter who you are, no matter your age, no matter what you've done in the past or where you came out of, it is time for you to do something for Jesus. You know, when we came to the, the altar time to pray, you know, I came out here and I'm, you know, little kids came out and one little girl said, I'm like, you know, what do you believe in Jesus to do for you? She's like, I want to be a missionary. I'm like, yes, that is God's will for your life. You have received what you're asking. You are here. God has brought you here to send you out. But you're not committed to the work of the Lord here. How, is, how are you going to be prepared? How are you going to be sent out if you ain't ever come in? Right? This is an amazing church. We are built for going out. We are built for sending out. Vision 500, 500 in the house. That's how we roll. But God called me to do my own thing. Do your own thing then. Go, do it, get it done. Wholeheartedly commit to it. Wholeheartedly enter into the fullness of God's calling for your life. If he's called you for this house, why are you in the fringes? Why are you new come, not coming in? Why are you not laying down what you need to lay down to make it happen? Because God will bring you. You know, if you look, you know, when people came out of Egypt, God did so many miracles, so many things, so many beautiful miracles and saving, savings, and, you know, they plagues, and they were fine in Goshen. But when they got to the promised land, what what they're supposed to do? They were supposed to possess the land. They were supposed to walk out looking, okay, God did that over there. He will do that again. That is how we live. That is how I live in my family. That's how we live. We take steps of faith and we go forward. That's how we are as a church. We take steps of faith and we go forward. We will never arrive. You know when you arrive? When you hear, well done, good and faithful servants. When Uncle Peter lets you in through the pearly gates, that's when you're done. I'm not sure that's how it really happens. <laughs> Some people are, sh are suffering ship... Ship Creek, <laughs> ship, ship, ship Creek, no, shipwreck in their faith because they're not fully engaged. Stop laughing, order. <laughs> it is.
It is time. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It is time to walk out God's call in your life. Hebrew 13, 17 says, Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that will not be a pro of benefit to you. Some are thinking they don't need a pastor. You're wrong because God is their pastor. No, you're wrong. God, you know, you hear from God, that's great. God used the donkey to speak to the prophet. So God speaks to everyone. There are people who will not submit to authority. They will not submit to a pastor. They will not submit to anyone because they think they're here from God. That is wrong. Because we're not called to do things alone. I wasn't called to do what I'm doing alone. I, I'm like, I got saved. I got set free. My family got restored. The blessing of God came into our lives. And we're just so thankful. And the first thing after I recommitted to the Lord, when I was like, oh, God, I'm going to hell the way I'm living right now. Dead serious. I was sitting like right there where Eric with the sea sitting. And, um, and I'm like, I got I to gotta repent. I got to recommit my life. I'm going to do that Sunday night because, you know, less people. Huh? When I recommitted, the first thing I did that came, and it was the Holy Ghost, you need to serve. You need to get connected. And by the grace of God, the following week was, you know, um, expose Sunday. What did we call, used to call it before? Expo Sunday, where we had all the life groups and you could sign up for what you wanted to do. And I'm like, I'm going to go away so nobody sees. I'm going to serve, you know, at Primrose, off Raider, praise the Lord. The first day I'm there, Minister Carol, at the time just Miss Carol was sharing the word and she preached about Peter being restored by the Lord. Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. And I'm like the only one listening there. Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. I'm like, okay, God, I'll feed him. I'll just start serving. Started serving the usher ministry. One day, complaining to the Lord, God, all I do is pass out envelopes. Some of you men, men, what's going on in the earth today is because of fatherlessness. It's because men are not stepping up in their responsibility. They're getting their fatherhood lessons from Homer Simpson. You need to repent. You need to get rid of all those, you know, cartoons for adults. Family guy, get rid of that crap. Get rid of that nonsense. Get rid of your Netflix subscription. It is time to follow after the Lord. There are things that, we, that, are, that are passed on TV that should not be laying before your eyes. You should not be looking at it. You should not be hearing it. In Jesus' name. What many don't understand is that God will try your faithfulness to himself by how submitted you can be to earthly leadership. If you're faithful with the little, you can be faithful with much. If you're unfaithful with little, you will be unfaithful with much. So even in your giving, you say, you know, when, I'm, you know, when I get a better job, I'm able to give. No, you won't. You're always going to find something else. You know, we have so many tests. You know, somebody testified in Eagle River the other day. You know what they testify? They said, you know, I just, any testimonies at early morning prayer, they drive in from Anchorage. They said, you know, I, you know, I was applying for housing, and I don't, I don't qualify anymore. That is a testimony. Breaking out, breaking out. People are breaking out. It is a miracle. But you grow in, in your, in, in, in God proves your faithfulness by putting you underneath men to see how faithful you will be. How are you going to react when you get offended? And if you're offended right now, welcome to the earth. We have to overcome these things. You have to overcome offense in the world, offense of the world, that people that are going to mistreat you. You have to overcome prejudice. You have to overcome racism. It is not right for you to be treated any other way because of prejudice, but it happens, and it won't stop. 
Because man is fallen and sin is the reason the world is in the state it is in. But Jesus has come to destroy the works of the devil. And if he's going to destroy the works of the devil in the world, he will also destroy the works of the devil in your own life. But you got to walk it out. you got to toughen up. you got to grow a backbone. And walk in the calling of God in your life. One of the things that I love about our church, I love our pastors. I love, you know, they're manly men. Right? And I'm not talking about gruff. And, you know, and, and Tarzans, you know, and, uh, you know, Fred Flintstones. But they're righteous men. They're steadfast. They're committed. They're amazing men of God. You need to trust them. Walk. Be submitted. Subject yourselves to earthly leadership and God will exalt you. The way that you get exalted, the way that you walk into the fullness of the, the blessing of God in leadership is by submitting. The Apostle Paul relationship with Timothy, it is a beautiful thing. You know, it's never going to be easy. The Apostle Paul, look at his life. He was obedient to the Lord. He was fully committed to the call of God in his life, fully committed to people to the point where he would, no shame to say, I pray more than every one of you. I pray day and night. And he says in 2 Corinthians 11, 24, 33, oh, you think you're having a hard time? You think you're having a hard time, bro. Check this out. 2 Corinthians 11, 24, 33, five times I received 40 lashes minus one from the Jews. That's his own people of which he was a righteous Jewish man, following the law. Verse 25, three times I was beaten with rods. Once I received a stoning. Three times I was shipwrecked. I have spent a night and a day in the open sea. On frequent journeys, I faced dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my own people, dangers from Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the field, dangers in the sea, dangers among false brothers, toil and hardship, many sleepless nights, hunger and thirst, often without food, cold and without clothing, not to mention other things. There is the daily pressure on me, my concern for all the churches. Who is weak? Am I not weak? Who is made to stumble? And I do not burn with indignation. Oh, I want to get him, he said. Verse 30, he didn't. I just made that up. Verse 30, if the boasting is necessary, I will boast about my weaknesses. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus, who is blessed forever, knows I am not lying. In Damascus, a ruler under King Aretas guarded the city of Damascus in order to arrest me. So I was let down in a basket through a window in the wall and escaped from his hands. You can't wait for the trials in your life to end to follow Jesus. Because it is in the midst of the trials, in the midst of the tribulations, in the midst of the impossibilities that God is going to come through for you. In your weaknesses, in your, in your frailties, in your inabilities, God is going to come through for you and do miracles. I had someone come a, few, a couple of weeks ago, and they came and they said, you know, at the end of service, you know, very nonchalantly, pray for me. My neck hurts, and I need a job. Like, okay, kind of in that tone. Lay hands on him, Father, thank you for brother. I declare healing over his neck right now. Be healed in Jesus' name, and this week, a job. Amen. Amen. Thanks. He called me. My neck's all better, and I got a job. You don't have to feel. It's great to feel. It's great to feel. But feelings are, you know, they're not an indication that things are going great or bad. Because if you have a hormonal imbalance, how many of you know, you ain't going to be thinking right. How many of you know if you're hungry and your sugar's low, you're not going to be thinking right? How many of you know there's issues that are going to affect you? There are things that you've got to overcome. And it's not going to, feelings don't, they, they let you know something is going on. They're a terrible master. But they are great, let you know what's going on her. 
And and he talks to Timothy, my son. You know, and he talks about not only Timothy as his son, but he talks about Timothy as, you know, he talks about Timothy's mom. He talks about Timothy's grandma, not like, you know, your mama, like in a good way. Like your mama is a woman of faith. Your grandma is a woman of faith. And I know that that faith is in you also. That means they were spending time together. There's some things that I overcame with togetherness, with my pastor, with walking with leaders, with talking with Pastor Kirsten, with different pastors, ministers that have helped me, Pastor Vince, Minister Barry, all these people like, hey, man, I'm like, you nah, know, I was like, well, you know, it's just you got to get the big pick. Literally one time, I was so upset. And I came and talked to Pastor Kirsten. I'm like, hey, blah, 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 blah. I was like, well, you just, you got to get the big picture. <laughs> he said, he said, Mr. Gill, literally, Mr. Gill, he just needs to see the big picture. Oh. And that helped me so much because I wasn't seeing the big picture. And it was like, you know, it punched to the gut with grace and love. (laughs) Suck it up, buttercup. (laughs) I love my wife because she's so amazing. And, you know, and she just gives it to me straight. You are emotional right now. Knock it off. (laughs) Praise the Lord. But the Apostle Paul has, a, has a, had a relationship with Timothy that encourages him that it is not, you know, born overnight. God wants to use you to do great things, but if we don't know who you are, I'm going to tell you something. None of my leaders, I know who they are. They are submitted. They get tested. And they pass the test. And when they don't, guess what? They get to be retested until they pass the test. And guess what? I passed some tests. I felt others that I got to retake. We all do. That is how God leads us. If you fail, just go back around the mountain. Or if you don't pass, take it again. We are in the most amazing time in humanity because this is the time we have. This is the time you're alive. You don't got any other time. This is it. What are you doing with that gift? What are you doing with your life? One day when I, you know, the kids leave the house, one day when I, you know, play, when I play the music better, one day when I, literally sometimes I play bass. You know, and I love it. I'm like, you know, rock band. It's awesome. And I remember one time I got asked to play and um, like, oh God, you know, kind of rusty. And the, that time we were doing like the bass had a solo. It's not a very hard solo, but it's a solo. I mean, everybody's like dancing and clapping and, you know, you're playing a solo. You don't want to mess up during that time because nobody else is playing. It's a solo. It means you're alone by yourself playing. Like, oh, God, I put duct tape on the bass. You know, you just put, put, a, put your faith face on. But on the inside, literally, I thought my heart was going to come out of my mouth. Especially when we have such a... Uh, sonically sensitive pastor. <laughs> he hears tones and different things. I'm like, oh, God, don't let me mess up. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and I remember at other times where he's just, you know, like, hey, can you play? Sure, of course I can. And I remember one of these times, you know, I came, I played. You know, somebody wasn't able to come. And the Lord blessed me. How did he bless me? I literally woke up the next day and I had a download of how scales work. I woke up with the understanding of the number system. That it was just it's supernaturally. Now you got to practice it to get better at it, right? You get the knowledge, download, boom. Now you got to work it out. When you step out in faith doing even what you're afraid to do, God will bless you. If you take your little bit that you have and you bring it to the Lord, he will bless you. You got to be committed to prayer. You got to be committed to God. You got to be committed to the pastor. You got to be committed to his family. 
to the other church members of this house, to your life group. Be committed to your life group. Well, I'm not in a life group. Get in a life group. Get in a life group. Learn how to lead a life group and then grow your life group in Jesus' name. God will help you. You know, when we moved to Eagle River, as Pastor said, there wasn't a church there. There wasn't promise of success. Thank you, brother. That means I'm almost done. I'm almost done. There wasn't a promise except the calling of God. And we started in our house. It's me and my family, which is a miracle. And God has given us that house now. You know that I found that house. It wasn't even on the market or for rent or anything like that when I first, we first leased it. I called the lady and she's like, how'd you find out about the house? I'm like, I saw it on Craigslist. She's like, I didn't post it anywhere. I'm like, I saw it on Craigslist. Is it for lease? It is the, is it the kind of house we want. Can we come see it? She's like, well, let me call the owner and see. Before it ever went anywhere, we went there. And, you, you know, and sometimes, like, we're talking to the previous owners, you know, how, what, how they regarded us. It's like, these people, like, why, what's going on? It is so supernatural. Lord, open. I mean, they would, like, the first year we lived there, they sent us $500 for, you know, like, oh, Merry Christmas. Here's 500 bucks. Who's gotten the money back from your landlord? And you know what? I wrote down in my notebook, in my journal, the house that I, that, that I wanted, except that I was being cheap, and I put way less than it's worth. Don't be cheap. God is not cheap. God can do great things. Don't be afraid, because I quit my job. I'm like, Pastor, I'm all in. You know, I'm going to, in 2016, July 20, 2016, I'm done with work. I'm all in. Whatever we need to do, that's what I'm going to do. What do you need me to do? Let's do it. Doing ushers, you know, whatever else we need to do, helping out, whatever. And then at prayer, it's like, hey, what do you guys think about Eagle River? No. This is where the party's at. This is, it's beautiful. We lived literally two minutes from the church, the new property. Beautiful view. Beautiful. My, from my room, there was a hole in the trees, not a hole in the trees, but there's a space open, and I could see Pioneer Peak laying down in my bed. It had sunshine year-round. It's like, you know, built on the south. It was a perfect location home. Like, I don't want to leave the valley. Like, hey, what do you think about Eagle River? Oh, the house is being sold. They need to move. I'm like, God, come on. And like, we'll pray about it, Pastor. Come on, say it with me. We'll pray about it. And we started praying about it. And the Lord showed us how this is where he has called us to. We stepped out in faith. I left my job. We, you know, our rent from, rent from being, you know, we went from paying for a great house here to pay $600 more a month me quitting my job, I wasn't working for the church. We do have a, a business, right? But we weren't, you know, really making enough for that. And then we entered into that supernaturally, and it was like you entered into a bubble of miracles. Right before we moved, right before we moved, there was, there was something that had happened with, you know, previous property, and all of our bank accounts were frozen. The day my paycheck entered into my account, it was frozen. Not only frozen, but it was showing a negative amount in what my paycheck had been. And it was like, what are we going to do? And God came through for us. And we entered into a supernatural bubble of provision where we lacked nothing. Entering into the house we were moving into with, you know, paying first month security deposit and all those things. We're able to negotiate some things and work that out. And we entered in miraculously by the hand of God. Somebody said, my wife, you know, is very prophetic, a seer kind of person. Her dreams happen all the time. She had a dream. Somebody came and gave us $3,500. And we were at, um, she was EMP. And somebody came to her and was like, oh, the Lord put it in my heart to give you this. It's $3,500. When our account was frozen, when everything was going down, 
and I had just quit my job and my life, my certification was about to expire, so ain't no going back. I burned that bridge because I, was, I wasn't going back. It's like Elisha burning the, the plows and cooking the meats. That's what you got to do. You got to burn your, when you follow after God wholeheartedly, and I don't mean like be a jerk to people and destroy your, you know, that way. I'm saying, you know, you don't go back. You keep going forward. And we began having, you know, prayer and life group at our house. Until we hit 30 people, then we went to the Mac Center. Then we had church at the Mac Center. And then, you know, the kids met in the locker room. Sweaty, smelly locker room. Dicers, the Lord sent us the Dicers. They went to lead our children's ministry. It all happened miraculously. Pastor Kirsten heard from the Lord and said, you know, Minister Gil, you know, I'm talking to the Dicers. You know, they're going to go for one year. Praise the Lord. They're committed. Awesome. They came and they stayed. They felt the Lord led them there. Amen. What a blessing. And to see what God is doing in every single person's life that are stepping out in faith. It is amazing. And everything is a step of faith. I'm not saying that, you know, it's just blind faith where you just like step anywhere. No, you pray, you fast, you declare, and God will open the door. While we were in the Max Center, they said, we're going to close down. We're not, you're not going to have a place to go. December 24th, Sunday, December 24th. How are you not going to have Sunday church, Sunday service on Christmas Eve? So I'm like, you know, God is going to give us our own place. Hallelujah. Sunday, we're going to be in our own place. Praise Jesus. Like, oh, God. Oh, Jesus. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? You don't have to speak what is going on on the inside. You speak what the Word of God says. You speak what the Lord says. When the Bible says a two-edged sword, that is diostomos, that is two tongues. When God says it, you said it, boom, it happens. Like the Lord told Reinhard Bonnke, my word in your mouth is just as powerful as my word in my mouth. If you will declare the word of God over your situations, over those things that are coming against you, you will see the victory. You will see the power of God move through. And we stood and declared, we're going to be in our own place. We're going to be in our own place. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Ah! And guess what happened? Just by, a, by chance, it happened, right? Wrong. Because we declared it. We stood on the word. And then we had to move in and rush. And, you know, and we got the... We got, and then it's like, oh my God, we have so much room. And I joked, I'm like, you know, maybe we can start like doggy church because it is Eagle River. And somebody did come with the dog in the first service. We had, it was Christmas Eve and the dog was like, I'm like, oh God, please make him go before I tell him to go. <laughs> you don't want to be the jerk pastor, you know. <laughs> You're, I'm sorry, you can't have your yapping dog in the sanctuary. And, but they did. And it was beautiful. But then the dog, the carpet was all stained and we didn't have carpet and everything was ugly. But we, you know, we painted, we cleaned, we painted, we cleaned, we painted, we painted the walls, we painted the ceiling, we painted the floors. Really, we did. And then it's like, oh, God is going to give us carpet. We're going to have carpet. You know, in the meeting, the place we were meeting, because we didn't have carpet. tell them it was for free. We had no rent. We got blessed for being able to see. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. All right. It was for free. So in the middle of that, we're working now. We're negotiating. We're talking with them. And, we, you know, we had no carpet at the time. So we met in the room that the sun hit all the time. So during service, it was like hot. Not because of the presence and the fire of the Holy Ghost, because the sun was cooking us alive. It's like, oh God, help us, Jesus. Praise the Lord, everyone. It's awesome. And then you could see the windows and everything. And, you know, everybody would just like look out the window when people were coming in. They were, it was so distracting. And then we had no carpet. And we're like, God's going to give us carpet. God is going to give us carpet. Hallelujah. It's going to be a beautiful carpet. Hallelujah. Like, oh God, it's so ugly. Help me. I would go in the middle of where the sanctuary is now. There was nothing. There was the... The ceiling tiles that we got, we replaced like 50 ceiling tiles because there was ceiling tiles everywhere. 
and I would go in the middle of the sanctuary during EMP, or I was there by myself, and I would just get the guitar, and I would sing. And I would just praise God. I would just thank the Lord for our own place. Thank you, God, for our own place. It's ugly, but it's ours. And he's going to make it beautiful. And I would just thank the Lord. Thank you for the carpet. Remember we did the first Easter there? Pastor Kirsten came with the team. And it was like cement and echoey and hard chairs. We have the beautiful cream chairs now, praise the Lord. And, you know, because we had been there for seven months and not paid rent because, you know, we were still negotiating and the place was so, you know, trashed and we were taking such good care of it that they were like, okay with us not paying rent. It was like, hey, we got like, you know, seven months of rent accrued. Can we buy carpet with that money? And we did. And we got beautiful brand new carpet installed through the whole facility. We moved to the new sanctuary. I never, I never requested anything that I can remember, you know, through the normal way that we, we, we get things in church. I prayed it in. Thank you, Lord, for everything. And I'd be on phone calls with Pastor Daniel. And it's like, you know, oh, you know, we're talking, how's it going? I'm like, oh, great, great, you know, challenge with this. It's like, and I remember one phone call because I, I was like, God, thank you for the new projector. Oh, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Right? And I was on a phone call with Pastor Daniel, and it's like, hey, as soon as we're done, hang up, call, call brother so-and-so, tell him, get a projector for you too. We're going to make it happen. I'm like, yes, sir. We had been praying for that. I believe carpet was the same way, or did I just... You know, plant so many seeds. You're like, <laughs> yeah, why is that? Because God will provide, will make a way for you. But you got to step out in faith. We had families that came in. You know, it's like every, it's some, you know, you want everything to be perfect, but God has raised you up to make things perfect, to make things, to change situations, to enter into situations that are broken. That's why you got to step up. Because God is creating in you situation fixer-uppers where you're going to enter into trials and tribulation. It's like, huh, I went through more than this, bro. I can help you. Jesus is going to come through for you. He came through for me. And, you know, we've gone. I remember one time we left, you know, our church, our service. It used to be on Thursday nights at the time. And my wife was like, man, we got to go visit that family right now. So we went, I brought my guitar that I could barely play. You know, I did worship myself. And, um, and we just did worship in their house, and it changed their lives. They said that that was the last day. We would never go back to the church. But you guys showed up. You showed up. You showed up with the love and the power and the anointing of God, and it changed our lives. That doesn't just happen once many situations, God will put you in those places to change that. So you got to step up. You got to commit to the Lord. As the Apostle Paul was committed to the Lord, we have to be committed. You have to rise up. You have to lay aside all things, all the reasons that you have for not being, for not serving right now, they don't, they don't add up. And I know we go through challenges. Every single one of us it's time to yoke up. I'm not saying we're perfect, but this is a great church. And one of the beautiful things that the Lord did for me was put me in situations as I drew near to my pastors where I would see their reactions in different places. I'm like, oh my goodness, that is such a man of God. Their behavior, how they're reacting right now, you can trust that guy. Because I didn't want to trust anybody. I wanted to punch him in the face. I never got that opportunity. Thank God. <laughs> I looked at some of those guys. I'm like, I don't know. I want to. But it's time to step up. It is time to come out of the woods. It is time to let go of whatever excuse you have. It doesn't matter what age you are. The young people, the refirees, the old people, God will use you. The young people. It is time to step out in faith, in the calling of God, and rekindle that fire. The gifts that God puts in us is in seeds and is embers. Now you got to make that fire grow by stepping out in faith. Just like the Apostle Paul told Timothy, 
the, the, the gift that was deposited in you, rekindle that. You got to work that out. I used to be afraid. I used to be even a coward. And I didn't really know how to be a man. But as walking with these men, amazing men of God, like, oh, that's how you're supposed to act. That's how you're supposed to behave. That is the righteous response to things. You got to step up. Even if you don't have, feel like you don't have what you got, God is going to give it to you. It's time to rise up. It's time to rise up. I'm finished. It's time to rise up. Yoke up to the house. Put your hands together for Pastor. You know, um, Pastor, um, you're a joy to work with. And I uh, wasn't sure what was going to happen for part of the message. I was ready to get up and read Acts 2 and say, this is, these are not drunk as you would suppose. Because the freedom and the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, what a great work. But as, as you were sharing about your humble beginnings here, we're, we're so proud of you. It's, a, it's an interesting message that I think there are some select people that have really been impacted by it. And it's no mistake that uh, Pastor Wayne and Stephanie Wilson are here because Stephanie, would you guys stand? I, I thought I saw you and then I had a little birdie told me that was for sure who you were. It used to be Stephanie Ballard and That was my first life group that I went to when I was so messed up. I went to your house. Your husband with Don was going off to be with the Lord, and God gave you this amazing man of God. And you guys are pastoring in Eugene, Oregon. I know I stalked you on Facebook. So I just, you know, it, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing that I, 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 I ended up in, in their house. It's the same story for me. We bless you. We're so glad you're here tonight. It means so much that you come and visit us. I know you could be anywhere tonight riding four-wheelers on the butte or something. I mean, I, I don't know, fishing or doing some crazy thing. But we, we love you. And every time, every time I see you, I'm reminded of the goodness and the faithfulness of God. And I'm humbled by that. Just going to your life group before Pastor Kirsten ever came to Maui all these years ago. We love the Wilsons. May God prosper and bless your work. We're going to tell you what we're going to do. We're going to give because he's prayed. And I don't know, you must be believing for something. I don't know, you don't need carpet, but you must need something. So we're, we're, are you ready to tell me what you need over there? Of course. Yeah, go ahead. This is, this is good. That's the pastor mic. You're on there. Um, I want... And I, I was hoping we get this opportunity because I wanted to sow a seed into the building. And every time, you know, when we, it's such a, an honoring culture that we have when we, we preach and we take an offering for the church where you went. But I really feel like we need to sow a seed into that building. And I know that, you, you know, you may say, oh, no, I already given to Project Zach this week. I know. I want you, whatever God put in your heart. Like, okay, when the offering comes, we're going to, you know, I want to sow it into Eagle River. I want you to take that, and I want you to sow it into the building project. All right. Because we need a building. And the way that you get things from God is by giving. Hallelujah. Can I get a better amen? amen. The way that you get the blessing of God in your life is by giving. That's why you love and you pray for your enemies. That's how you get justice and restoration in greater measure. And the favor of God, because like, Hallelujah. oh, they're being like me. All right, let's do it. We can. Ushers, would you come? Thank you, Pastor John. While the ushers are coming up and down the aisles and those online, four different ways to give. Would you just examine your heart in the closing moments of the service? 
If you're not right with God, don't leave this place in that condition. There's a, there really is a place called hell that wasn't created for you. Jesus came to redeem, to buy you back, to purchase you, to be a propitiation for your sin. He paid a ransom for you, for me. And if you're not right with God, don't leave this place. Don't turn off this broadcast. Don't shut down the podcast. Whatever platform you're on or wherever you are, get right with Jesus, won't you? That's why we're here. To reach the lost, to populate heaven, to plunder hell, to raise up disciples, to plant churches all over the world. It'll be 500 churches by the end of the next year, by the grace of God. That's our new vision. We'll be telling you more about that in the weeks to come. Every head bowed, every eye closed, and I know many of you are preparing your offering, your, your gift and project. Zach, our building project right across from Walmart, up from Sears. If you're not right with God, don't leave this place like that. Get right with Him. Repent. Believe on the Lord Jesus you shall be saved. If that's you, want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time or make a recommitment, or perhaps you just want to be assured of your salvation, you say, that's me, Pastor. Would you just lift a hand all across this place? God bless you. Anybody else online, perhaps? Would you pray this right out loud and say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place, to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sins and come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me and cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. I pray, Holy Spirit, touch and fill these now. Dear precious Holy Spirit, that they would fulfill destiny and purpose even as was preached tonight. Leave a heritage of faith even for the next generation should you tarry. Bless them. Jesus' name. Ushers, would you come? Pastor Gil, why don't you come and pray for the uh, project? We need many miracles, and we've had countless. There's a whole book of miracles that we have. So we'll just pray for a whole set more. Hallelujah. Father, thank you that you are our source. We do not depend on men. We do not depend on anything else. We don't depend on the economy. We depend on you. Lord, and in your house there is riches. In your Lord, I pray that you would pour out your blessing upon us. I declare that building finished. I declare every cent necessary, Lord. We call it in in Jesus' name. Ministry yes, spirits God. come forth and bring in $15 million in Jesus' name. Lord, and that there will be saints. Take your hands off the money, Lord, for that building in Hallelujah. Jesus' name. Lord, and I pray that you would move in power, that you would raise up men and women, Lord, unashamed and unafraid. God, that would enter into the fullness of their calling and even, God, give, Lord, beyond their wildest imaginations, God, supernaturally empowered by you, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. name amen. Ushers, go ahead. Come on, let's worship. Now I'm going to see a victory. Now I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. Now I'm going to see a victory. Pastor Vince reminded me of what the Lord was telling me already. The thread through this whole message and through this whole night was that God is calling some of you and speaking to you. And you are you are saying, man, I'm going to do this. From the little girl being called into me, I want to be a missionary. You, you, you've got a heart to cry. God's touched you. He's put his finger on you. And you're like, man, I am going to fulfill a call of God for my life. If that's you and you just want to make a statement of faith, I want you to step out from where you are, come all the way up, and let's sing this again. And if you need to slip out, feel free. We love you. God bless you. You just come out as a declaration. I'm going to serve God. I'm never going to turn away. I'm going to follow the Lord. I'm going to fulfill the purpose I have in God. 
Pastor Gill, Minister Rosie, want you to lay hands on people. Holy Spirit, come on.
fulfill what you've called us to do. We will leave nothing undone. We ask that you would bring about the redemptive plan that you have for each and every one of our lives. We declare and proclaim that Eagle River will have its own building. We proclaim and declare this building, Project Zechariah, will be done with shouts of grace, grace. Thousands upon thousands of people will be touched and churches planted all over the world and missionaries launched out like a, like a, like an aircraft carrier, God, for the nations. I thank you that you're summoning and calling people, sons and daughters from the north and south and the east and the west, your children who you've created for your glory. You're bringing them from afar to do what you said you would do in the great north land. So we say yes, taking our position as the redeemed of the Lord, the blood-washed host. Fulfill all your desire through us. May we be filled with faith and courage and the power of the Holy Spirit to fulfill what you've called us to do. May we not miss you. Don't pass us by, oh God. Make us ever sensitive to your leading, to your guiding. God, without you, we can do nothing. Apart from you, we can do nothing. Oh, but by you. We can run through a troop. We can jump over a wall by you. Nothing is impossible. So raise up nation changers and shakers. Raise up evangelists and prophets and teachers and pastors. Apostles, God, raise them up. There is an apostolic anointing upon your life, Pastor Gill. You're going to plant many, many churches. God's going to give you people. You're going to walk in humility and transparency and brokenness before the Lord. God's using you and your wife in a way that's beyond anything you know. Thank you for being a, a great man, a great woman of God. I know you all got impacted. Continue to stay. Go if you need to online. We love you. Let me close. Father, thank you. Bless your people. If you haven't been prayed for, we're coming. Father, thank you. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them. Give them peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Wednesday night. It's going to be lit. Don't miss it. We love you. God bless you tonight. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.